0: Welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. Welcome everybody to another episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week again by the always uh, ready and available to talk about things we don't want to talk about, Sarah Goffman. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate it.
0: You have done a really good job of raising topic ideas that are, I don't want to say taboo, but they almost feel taboo, right? Like, so like uh, we did the episode, I'm too small for a firewall. And quite honestly, I I feel like with the the world of FUD, that we have um, more and more frequently avoided conversations where a client or a prospective client has kind of dismissed or downplayed the value of the technologies, products, and services that as solution providers we put in to improve the, the posture the, to, to better protect their environment. And largely we've ignored it because that's not a client we really want. If they're just gonna say, I don't need it, well, then we kind of move on to, to a, a client prospect who's more willing to recognize that the reason we're having this conversation is because I, as the client, I'm not the expert, you are. Therefore, if you say I need it, then I probably do. And this topic is really almost the larger uh, elephant in the room, because this isn't just translated to the business world. This is more common in the personal world of, in the event that I'm gone, what happens next? And before we get into the story that I think is really important to tell, because I think it's Something that very many MSPs have, if they haven't lived through this specifically uh, in the business world, they've definitely lived through something like this in their personal lives. And it's kind of ironic. I just did an episode, recorded an episode with Dom Kirby with PAX8, and we were talking about how do you educate, you know, family and friends on being safe when using the internet. And, and this is kind of goes hand in hand with that. Like in the event that I'm gone, what happens? And so uh, for those of you listening, this is going to be done on a two-part episode. Like, so in this episode, we're going to look at this through two lenses. One lens is what happens to a small business or any business for that matter, where the business owner is no longer in the equation for whatever the reason might be, whether it be death, fraud, uh, you you could come up with a plenty of lists. Like maybe I just only go bonkers and I just can't deal with the IT world and, and things like that anymore. There's that piece. And then there's the piece that we'll get into, which is if I were to do a tabletop exercise to sort of illustrate the point, what happens when we go through the exercise of we've been hit by a tornado and the building's gone? What does the critical path to getting back online look like? And you eliminate, say, your office secretary. Maybe it has zero impact, but maybe it has all the impact in the world. And so what what I'd like to do in that scenario is we'll talk through the importance of every person in your organization and how do we have a plan in place so that any one or more individuals that help make up our entities, our organizations are survivable in the event that they are unavailable when we need them the most. So that's sort of like precursor to building the picture. Uh, Sarah, walk us through the story, because I think the story is what's most compelling and why we're having this conversation today and what it means to those listening, because I think this is where we have an opportunity to really solve for don't let this happen to you.
1: Absolutely. So we had a.
0: Sorry, my um, yeah. smartwatch decided to just chime in with I didn't ask uh, my friend Siri to say anything. And right now she's not my friend. So there.
1: <laughs> we have a um, small MSP that we're associated with. Um, we provide backup support. They. We managed their phone systems um, for their clients, and one of the owners who was actively the person in charge of the passwords and the admin credentials um, unexpectedly passed away. And it was obviously a great loss to the company, to the family, and also to their clients, because then when they passed away, all those passwords passed away with that person either as well. So they're completely gone. Um, and we've, unfortunately, we've had this happen to uh, clients of ours that we support their phone system, but we don't support their endpoints. So um, we'll have a situation where we're getting calls of, hey, I need to get into My cloud servers, and I don't know the passwords, and nobody else knows them. So then they're scrambling. The client is scrambling, trying to find any information possible to get that admin credentials changed over to either them or to us, and then we will start bringing them on as managed clients. And sometimes they're down for. This is scary. It is, and. You know it always happens at an inopportune time where you're having an issue and you can't access your servers because you don't have those admin credentials and it's a cloud-based server, so you need to reach out to the vendor and the vendor won't talk to you because you're not listed on the account, even though it's your actual server that your data's on.
0: so let me let me throw this at you as we're going through this uh, as you're describing this. It makes me think of a scenario that I, I just talked through with another, solution provider where they were dealing with a disgruntled employee that decided to uh, wreck havoc on the Meraki environment, change the admin credentials and and lock, essentially lock the, the MSP completely out of all of their uh, Meraki Cisco tenants. This is kind of the same thing, but not right. So like I, I think about what you're describing and it's like, Hey, this is the, this is the thing that we should all be planning for, right? Like there shouldn't be a single point of failure but along those same lines, shouldn't we have the, the, if it's kind of like, uh, I, I think about the, uh, Laura Croft, uh, the reboot one where she's goes through and solves the puzzle. And then she's got to watch the video of her dad, essentially telling her, if you're watching this video, then that means that something has, you know, terrible happened to me. Here's what you need to do. And I, and I, I feel like that's exactly what you're, you're going through in this situation, right? You you have to solve for something that you couldn't have predefined per se, like it was unexpected. How do you, for lack of a better word, how do you come up with the living will or the living trust so that the event of something like this happens, there is a path forward that is not catastrophic to the client, to the MSP, to, to you taking over.
1: So, one of the things that we do internally is with our password protectors, uh, our password management, we actually have a fail-safe plan. So, if I'm not, let's say I have all the admin credentials, which I don't, um, and my engineers need the admin credentials, we can get those within a certain amount of time. There's certain steps that we take um, that obviously for security reasons, I'm not going to go through all those stuff sure. on the podcast, but there are certain steps that we can take and my engineers can get all of my credentials within a certain time frame. So if it's a vendor that they don't have credentials to, and they need to order something, they can do that. Um, but I also, for some of the other things, we have multiple people that have access to our vendors. So if we need to order something, I'm not available. They can go ahead and order it. But part of it's, thinking through of what happens if this person's out of the office and what would you do and how would you handle that situation? A lot of companies don't think through that. They just think nothing's going to happen and we're just going to keep on going with our business as we, as normal.
0: I mean, it's just as simple as I don't answer the phone. I mean, we don't have to make this Mm -hmm. as death and doom and gloom as death, but I'm on vacation. I'm on a cruise ship. I'm any number of things that, well, that is, you know, ha-ha, no big deal. In the words of the minions, no no, ha-ha. Um, the, we're, we're getting at a, a challenge that we don't like talking about because we don't want to have to deal with what does it look like to fix so that that is not a control or a variable that actually matters to us anymore because we know that we have a predefined, like if X isn't, What we want it to be, we can supplement with something else and still solve the formula, still solve the challenge.
1: The thing that I have a hard time comprehending is we go through and we look at what we would do if there was a ransomware. And people don't want to talk about ransomware. Like, how would you recover from it? What would you do? But what does it mean? Like, what does recovery?
0: At- what does recovery mean? Recover to the point of like I can open the doors and run payroll, or like we're back to profitable,
1: right? And that's the thing is people look at just back to um back to opening the doors. They're right. not looking at the bigger picture. They're not looking at fully how do you get back to where we were prior to that incident occurring.
0: Sure. Well, it makes me think about like we're we're so quick to define what the ransom is, right? Like w- we want it to be like it's the intellectual property, but what's to say it's not bigger than that? I mean, we saw a scenario a few years back in the uh, K twelve space where they had hacked uh, security cameras, and then they were sending uh, you pay the ransom or we kill your kids. Like they're not they're not asking we're not trying to recover information, right? Like, like give us money or you die. Uh, We haven't seen a lot of that. It doesn't mean it's not out of the question, uh, out of the realm of reality with the the amount of um, doom and gloom we already have going in today's culture. But but to your point, what does it mean? We have to know what it means to be recovered from incident before we experience those incidents or... We may be just choosing to accept a false sense of recovered just to get by mentally.
1: And I think there's different levels of recovery. There's the recovery of getting the doors back open, and then there's the recovery of being how you were prior to whatever the incident was that happened. And so I think we need to start looking at both of those and doing step recoveries, because you're not going to go from being functioning at 100% to having an incident and then the next day you're back to a hundred percent. I mean, look at any of these big, um, right. instances that have happened, it takes months, sometimes years to get back from them.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, having gone through some of these, um, myself in a, in a previous life, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's like roughly sort of four four tiers to this you know tier number one is the ones we shed no uh tier number one is the to <laughs> your point uh getting back to we can work right like that um and, and maybe that's a little bit generic but when we say get back to work that means that you're also going to get compensated because you are working so we're, we're back to we 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 can do work, even if it's limited to administrative duties, so that staff can, you know, be paid, get, you know, payroll gets reestablished. Then the second one would be, is looking at what is our current overall, uh, you know, when we're bringing, restoring, so we've talked about restoring, like, say, one component, but like, maybe all of critical infrastructure, critical infrastructure is now sort of that tier two, and then tier three is what are all the auxiliary services that might be more social media if that potentially was compromised or just some of the we can survive without it, but we would be nice to have. And then I think the fourth one is, you know, back to delivering services at the same level before the incident to our clients. And and maybe I've oversimplified it and spread it out across four things. Maybe it's only two. But if I I understand you correctly, that's what you're getting at. is like, you have to have some sort of like predefined, almost no different than we would we're talking about backups and you've got, you know, the, the real time, uh, real uh, place in time recovery of data. And then you have the time objective of how long can it, can we really allow for the restoration of that data? So you got those sort of two things working against you, obviously, but is that i mean and maybe there's a formula if they if you have one please share
1: <laughs> i no i agree with you on that that there are steps and i try to tell people to relate this to something that's not technology to think about this if you decide one day that you want to run if you want to do an ironman uh triathlon which is biking running and uh swimming you're not going to just get up one day and go, "Hey, I'm going to go run an Ironman." You're going to get to the point where you can swim three miles. I can't run with Ironman; is. it's ridiculous right. amounts of miles. Whatever the distances you know, are
0: per category, you're going to you got to work your way up to the 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 total, the the cumulative total.
1: Exactly. And so, when people are looking at recovery, they're just thinking they're going to go to bed one night, they're going to have an incident, they're going to wake up the next morning, everything's going to be fine. So. Think of it in terms of other goals in your personal life. You don't just go to bed one night and wake up and you're exactly where you want to be. So we need to break those down into smaller goals.
0: Which which kind of takes us to sort of the second part as sort of an easy segue. We talked about, you know, how do you recover from? And so let's let's shift gears and go, okay, if you were to do tabletop exercises and I know we talked about this before like hey that's a taboo word uh with Sarah because that's <laughs> something that you need to do um but but at the same time tabletop exercise is often associated with a a larger organization I I think we've done a a bad job of of um defining what a tabletop exercise is in the in the um context of using those words specifically because we literally just defined doing exercises because planning for an event where we come up with what are the tiered steps to getting back, that is part of that process. We just haven't necessarily formalized it into what would be the tabletop exercise, which makes me think about things like kind of to the whole premise of this conversation is what happens if I'm gone as the business owner with the responsibilities that go with that? Can the business today operate if I'm not here? And what does that look like going right back through those steps that you just described? What that doesn't Mm -hmm. take into account is what happens at 10 o'clock in the morning, if at 10 o'clock in the morning, that's when I'm removed from the day-to-day operations of the company and I provide, or I am a key component to whatever it is that our business does. What does that look like? And then to go through an exercise and say, we've thought about it from the perspective of if Chris or Sarah's gone in their, in their prospective organizations, but what if it's anybody else in the organization and what are those impacts to business, to our critical infrastructure, to client facing, to you name it? Because I think until we solve for that, we have no business doing other exercises because we haven't figured out exactly what the roles and responsibilities are for each of the individual players within the exercise and, and larger within our organization. Because then you take this to part T would be, What if three of those key players were gone at the same time? Mm -hmm. So, so Sarah, tell me like, as you were telling part of the story, what was the timeline for some of those things? I mean, I realized coupled with the event occurring is a lot of emotion and a lot of you know, trying to get people to think coherently and and with a calm to to them, a calm about them that is unlikely to be easily achieved because of the emotional escalation that has happened through losing, you know, the business owner.
1: So uh, the one client that I'm referring to in this incident is still working through a couple things. Uh, We have them mostly back online 100%, but timetable on that was almost a month to get them back up and running.
0: Was that largely tied to getting credentials or getting into systems?
1: Getting credentials, getting into systems, uh, switching admin rights over, making sure that we could submit tickets to troubleshoot whatever the issue was that they had going on at the time. So, we have so had another client. go go
0: ahead I'll, I'll I'll throw my my wrench in oh. this in a second,
1: so we had another client who we didn't find out right away that one of the business owners passed away, and so they were probably six months to eight months before they're hundred percent back up and running. Wow, yeah, so it can be you know it just depends on how quickly you can get things done, how quickly you can locate documents that you need, how well you're documented and what, what we need to do to get those passwords reset. And if those vendors are willing to work with us to get those passwords reset.
0: Sure. And I guess, so what what I was going to throw at you is it it made me think about um, other, other scenarios where we need to recover. Specifically, I was thinking about uh, ransomware scenario where everything's been encrypted. So I was thinking back to a scenario from for myself when I was in more of that admin, admin role and <clears throat> getting that call that says, hey, everything's been encrypted. What do we do? And I remember critical infrastructure, I want to say, was back online within 72 hours. We were fortunate that it happened on a Friday. So we had that Saturday, Sunday Uh, In fact, I think largely by Monday morning, most of the key systems were back online. But I I remember things that were more, they were critical to business efficiencies, like streamlining things, you know, the automation of things, you know, updating an address book for a mass mail merge to go out at a certain time. Those took us close to 180 days plus, um, in fact, I would say we we're pushing a year before everything was really back to the way it had been before. What you're describing is is as difficult, as painful as going through an actual ransomware and almost easier because with the ransomware, you actually know that if I put enough, if I meet the requirements, what I'm being asked of, then part two is we're back online. And I am only as slow as the amount of money I have to collect and convert to cryptocurrency to satisfy their demands.
1: Yeah, um, I would say recovering from ransomware is probably easier than having someone who passes away or is not available, say they're in a coma or something like that, um, because you don't have that information. And at that point, you don't know what you don't know. And you're just leading if you don't have the correct documentation, you potentially can be leading blind and trying to figure out. You're just stumbling through what the situation is and trying to figure out what people have, what they're using, what's what's the most essential sure. for them.
0: It's like uh, it's like being downtown in an urban area and getting out your phone to walk the five or six blocks to the coffee shop, and you get three blocks in, and then all of a sudden the little dot where you are jumps, and you've been going three blocks in the wrong direction.
1: Yes, exactly. So
0: just thinking through that, you know, you went through this and I know others have, and I'm sure that there's people that listen to this show. They're like, I'm never listening to another episode of 1337 again, because all Chris talks about with his guests is doom and gloom. And, you know, it, you know, if you haven't dealt with this yet, it's coming. Uh, no, uh, talk to me, Sarah, about like, what, what guidance would you give? You know, we've got a little bit of time left. like how do you approach this i mean we you and i both know that going forward whether you did a good job of phrasing this or not or doing it by its sheer definition tabletop exercises is something that you are pushing for on a broader scale Absolutely. within your organization i've heard other msps that you know participate with msp ignite peer groups talk about how they need to start doing more of the tabletop exercises and i get it that this is this is the crazy part We like to say, because MSPs fall, generally speaking, into an SMB category, that we don't have the resources or the time or fill in the blank to do tabletop exercises. And yet the reality is, every time you do a tabletop exercise, you are finding a way to improve in efficiency, be more productive with your clients, and more importantly solve for those potential ramifications of i am in a coma i am on a cruise ship my phone doesn't work and oh by the way i was the least of your problems of my absence it was the two other people in the organization that actually matter if they are gone
1: i would say that well people say you're right people are saying that they're too small to do tabletop but if you take the time to do the table op- tabletop apps, um, tabletops, exercises, excuse me, and figure out what you're missing now. It's a lot easier than when everything's on fire and you're at that point not knowing what to do. So then you're just running around creating even more fire. Um, So,
0: so having all the time in the world until you don't, right. It's like we can, as long as we recognize that time is finite and we operate with that with some level of urgency that so that we're not just praying for more time then, when an event does occur, we we've had adequate time in theory to to have a a plan. And and I hear this a lot. It's not necessarily a good plan that you need. It's a plan that you need. Like uh, like you can fix a bad plan. It's very difficult to execute when you don't have any plan.
1: The other thing that's good too about tabletop exercises is I've talked to other MSPs where they've done tabletop, tabletop, I apparently cannot say that today. Tabletop
0: Um, is a tongue twister because when you say tabletop too many times, (laughs) then you start thinking about actual tables and that's not what we're trying to get at here.
1: No, not at all. But I've talked to other MSPs where they've done exercises with their clients and it might be where they co-manage their IT. So their client has an IT director, the IT director looks at the, looks at the documentation and throws it out the window and then starts doing whatever they want to do. Right. So it's at that point that they can realize, okay, this is not working because of whatever the case may be. And it's better to find that out then, than in an actual situation.
0: Well, right. I mean, if this kind of comes back to it's one thing to to believe something is a certain way, like living in your own little world or the vortex or the, the frictionless, no null no gravity, everything works a certain way. Or you can have the best intentions and not truly understand the critical infrastructure for a client because they told you one thing based on what they thought they knew, and it's actually completely different. And, and I don't for two seconds think that our goal here is to solve for all of the shadow IT and things that might be happening within an organization. But if we do our due diligence, we should be discovering more often than not prior to something bad happening and be able to at least have a, a tiered approach to in the event the unknown occurs, this is how we're going to treat it. Exactly. Well, Sarah, uh, I, I realized that We could spend countless hours talking about the if I'm gone because every MSP is going to have a different story to tell or a different doom and gloom of of how they had to address. But hopefully through today's conversation, those of you that are listening will recognize that we're all dealing with sort of the same challenges. If you're not doing tabletop exercises, if you're not putting tiered plans in place or an approach to address the situation that may or may not occur then you're in trouble but if you do those things i i think solution providers by and large will survive some of the most difficult and horrendous challenges yet to be faced because they've done the due diligence with again tabletop exercises and tiered planning so sarah uh, as always uh, I'm sure there will be an episode in the future that you've come (laughs) up with another scenario that we haven't talked about on the show, but until then, Sarah, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, thanks and have a great week.